Hi, I'm Beetle. And I'm Lo. And this is Queer Fandom. This podcast is not safe for work, not safe for kids, and not safe for the overly sensitive aunties. I don't know what to call them. So what are you doing right now? Um, I am on a sex tour website. I'm looking in the parody section of the adult DVDs. It comes across like you and I have spent a lot of time on sex toy websites, and we really haven't. No, this is a pretty new thing that I'm really interested in and really fascinated by. Well, good. I mean, I guess I look forward to your collection expanding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even watched the um, couple of gay porn dvds that i've picked up for free from my job because they were going in the trash i haven't even watched them there's a collection of them it's stowed away with my video games so if you open the cabinet in which i keep my games there's um, a couple ds games my ps4 games um like an old couple computer games and then um like a stockpile of gay porno all of which has penetration in it I watched any of them. Most of them are still wrapped. Yeah, but I can't throw them away. No. I had to throw them away. I had to throw a bunch away at work. I saved very few. And by, like, very few, I mean, like, 20. So, this is the second episode of Queer Fandom. It's not just about porn. We have a hard time getting to the meat of the podcast when we start it. We go on these, like, tangents. But um, I learned some stuff editing the first one. We have two microphones now uh, because Lo mumbles and whispers everything that she says ever in her whole life. (laughs) Um, Second, I'm significantly drunker tonight. Perfect. What about you? Why are you always so much more sober than me? I am drunk. I promise you uh, this is a drunk woman. I promise. Okay, well, jury's still out. <laughs> so I thought we would talk about um, some of the stuff we kind of touched on, but maybe didn't go in depth with. Um, but particularly, one of the things I wanted to um, talk about while we were drunk is can you make a list of your fandoms through the years? <laughs> Wow, I hate this. Why? No, I can I can do it. But you see, I think there's a couple answers what to this. What a negative response. <laughs> Why don't you want to play in this space with me? Okay, I do want to play in this. Yeah, I do. Um, I think there are two sort of answers to this. Um, I think there's the timeline in which you find the major fandoms that, like, affect you. And I talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but I think the ones in which you pick up um, other people end up being the most important to you. But I don't think that's the only barometer for what's important. Um, I have, as I mentioned in the last episode, that I found, like, Yaoi fanfiction when I was 10 years old. Um, It was immediately hooked. So... There was a point in my life where I was hopping literally from just, I would just be on like fanfiction.net or the short time in which fan domination um, replaced 
What, oh, this what is, was that website? This is this is a, a fan, fan history fan thing. Domination. Fan domination. I think it was .net or it was something. It wasn't .com. Is it fandom nation? Or is it no, fan domination? It was fan domination. It arose in the time in which um, fanfiction.net in the like very early 2000s decided it was no longer going to host um, explicit I remember or RPF. I remember. Yes. And one of the things that came up sort of in its wake was fan domination, um, which I had an account on and I, I wrote a lot on there. I, was, I got into RPF like literally right before um, fanfiction.net eliminated RPF. Like I saw the news post and part of me was like, well, is that exciting to read about real people? And then, like, I checked out some some banned fan fiction. I think my first one was something like Linkin Park or some oh, okay. dumb so, shit. So you're saying that the way you found fan fiction was because some people were angry about RPF? Well, I, that's how I ended up in, in RPF, because which was a lifelong, how, journey. It's a lifelong journey. That's um, how I ended up in RPF, too. Someone it is. was like, this horrible thing that these people are doing. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. Can you show me a link so I can look at them about and see how bad they are? <laughs> I think that's... I think that's one of the, the curses of, let's say, the Internet in general, is it gives people the space to be like, I hate this thing. Like, if you really wanted to pare down to things where I, like, picked up people and, like, changed my life in major ways, it's probably, like, ten. Um, okay. But, I, I mean, there was a point in my life in which I was just sort of hopping from thing to thing. The first... Um, the first Yaoi fanfiction I read was in the was in Digimon. Um, I, I know. Love, I love Digimon. I love Digimon. We we rewatched it recently, or I made you watch it um, with me recently in in the Japanese with the English subtitles, which was a an elevated experience for me because <laughs> I was I was at a point when I found what was like really like my second anime where I couldn't access like Japanese versions of things. Right. Um, and then to revisit it as an adult where it was the first thing where I read fan fiction and was like looking at fan art was it was my gateway into fandom in many, many respects. Digimon? Digimon. Yeah. I fell hard when you introduced me to Digimon. <laughs> I was just like immediately into it. I love it so much. I love Digimon so much. I keep meaning to rewatch it, but every time I start it, I'm like, oh, this is really depressing. The first time I watched through all of Digimon. And it's so long. All the series are 50 episodes, which is bananas long. But, um, I, when I kind of found the internet and like looking at fan art, I was like, I was just enjoying fan art, right? Of like the characters, the people characters are always the most interesting to me. Um, and then one specific fan site, because it's the era in which we had fan sites, was um, for Digimon. It was um, uh, Yamato and Mimi, which is Matt and Mimi. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, I've never, like, I, they had a little fan fiction page. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And like, I read a couple on that page. I was like, where do I get more of this? Um, so I like, I guess not. I guess at the time, the word at the time wasn't Googled, but I like searched fan fiction and ended up on fanfiction.net. Went into the Digimon section, and then there was um, 
there was Daisuke and Ken. Oh, yeah. Daisuke and Ken. And that's, I mean, that's, like, one of the ships of my heart. And I think that ship has set a lot of precedence for me in a very, like, okay, well, I like these two guys that are sort of, like, a little bit of an opposites attract, but there has to be some sort of natural chemistry there. And and, um, Daisuke and Ken are, like, enemies at first, but um, Ken has two identities, and, and Daisuke really wants to be friends with one of them. Um, and eventually, ultimately, wins him over, and they're like best friends, and it's so stupid. And one guy's a dork, and one's like pretty composed, and that's like my jam. And then later, they go through fucking fusion together. They do. Yeah, their their Digimon's form. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, I don't Imperial Dramon. They become <laughs> one. They become one. And Imperial Dramon can like fly around the planet Earth in, like, a day, yeah. which is wicked. <laughs> but that's the strength of their gay love, mm-hmm. is Imperial Dramon. Yeah. A plane-sized plane. Digimon. A Digimon that's just a plane. <laughs> just a giant plane. Sidebar, I think it was Google. I mean, what was around before Google Ask Jeeves? Yes, or, like, Yahoo, or... No, I, Google, I feel like I always have used Google. Yeah. It was always the better Yahoo, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just not sure. I'm only as old as the internet. <laughs> this is, I, I'm not shitting you, this is like 18 years ago. Um, I do not know. <laughs> I'm just not sure. It's a good point. <laughs> I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so A-O- did you... Did AOL search? <laughs> oh, maybe an AOL search. <laughs> that would have been it. Oh, okay, um... So, Digimon, how old were you? Ten. Oh my god. I know, it's so and young, like, it's so young in retrospect. I, I just, like, you'd be so exposed to content at ten years old. I know. I would hate for a ten-year-old to stumble upon any of my blogs on the internet. <laughs> oh, that's awful. I know, but that was the time in which, and I imagine this is still the case, which you always lied about your age on the internet because you didn't your identity That's you weren't your identity you know so you'd be like i'm 13 when you're like 10 and that feels like god old. yeah i mean there... we could <laughs> we could have a whole conversation about how growing up in the age of like um aol instant messenger has taught us to be fictionalized people <laughs> We could have a whole conversation about that. Yeah. Because I've been role-playing on uh, AIM since before I had fandoms to consider I was role-playing through. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Digimon, 10 years old, then what? Digimon. um, uh, Let's jump ahead a couple years. Let's say South Park the first time. (laughs) South Park the first time. There are... Three instances in which South Park reappears in my life. Um, I'll mention the second one. The third one's I don't think as important, but the second one was the <clears throat> the second one was the most important. Um, but let's say South Park. Okay, South um, Park. So you were what? How old? Twelve. I guess. Oh my god! Twelve years old. Yeah, I know. Old? I know. South it's Park's so... not appropriate for twelve-year-olds. Not, but you know, I love musicals, and the movie was a musical, I mean... <laughs> and it was so easy for me to get my hands That's on. A bullshit excuse. I know, but the movie was easy to like access in a way that like 
television, I think, wasn't for me growing up in a household that didn't have, like, cable TV. I love that movie. It's so good. It's one, one of my, my favorites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could probably recite it, like, top to bottom. It's, <laughs> it's so good. The okay. songs are iconic. God, I'm just, this is a horrifying conversation, actually. I thought this was going to be fun, but... So okay. 12 years old South Park fandom, what else? What's um, next? I, I think after that or sometime around there is where I had found, um, like, fandom. I got okay. into, like, Good Charlotte. So I read, like, Good Charlotte fan fiction. This is the point at which I found, like, RPF and started reading RPF. And I was just sort of... Um, as someone who'd also newly found alternative rock was sort of like, oh, I can put these two things together. Right. This is like me in middle school. This is middle school low. Um, <laughs> who's like, what is this? Um, and just sort of putting, the, the, having like search images of these bands that I hear their songs on the like local alt station and be like, ooh, this is sexy. Okay, so will you name drop a couple bands? Um, I used to read, I said Good Charlotte, um, Some 41... I used to read Linkin Park fan fiction. I was never really into Linkin Park, but there's a lot of guys in that band. There's six of them. Oh, okay. um, that's a lot of um, <laughs> that's a lot of options. Yeah, it's a lot of ways that you can cut that that pie. It's <laughs> really fun. Cut that boy pie. Yeah, I like that. Um, I was really into Sum Forty One for a while. It was it uh, Derek and Cone was like, I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, and then I was embarrassed by this one, but Simple Plan. Yeah, kind of like pop. I never I, did band them. There's also, um, go ahead. There's also like six boys in that band. In what? <laughs> Simple Plan. There's a lot of them. Oh, so what is six? I'm like, I can't even do the math of how many different options there is. Maybe I'm wrong, but depends on how many threesomes you want to happen. Yeah. Wild. I always felt like that one was like a like a big pile of boys. <laughs> I could just kind of like put them together i i again like lincoln park i did not like their music versus like i loved good charlotte and at all and then um uh broadway standom is what what brought me back to fandom was being super interested in in musicals but we'll get there so okay um, Bandom came after Digimon. Mm-hmm. What came after Bandom? Um, I'm gonna drop in here real quick that I was also super into like anything that Joan and Vasquez did. So like uh, Invader Zim, you know, John, you know Johnny the Hunk okay, Subtle yeah, Maniac yeah. is like specifically like one of my deepest loves. Um, that fell somewhere in that area. In that era, uh, I don't know when, but I feel like I need to name drop that. Expose myself. Call out post. Good. On me. Just let it all hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider that slash fandom or queer fandom? Or was it just that you were, like, super into... I no, no, it's It's slash. Okay. I mean, if you like, like, Invader Zim, like, you have to ship Zim and Dib. You have to. It's <laughs> the only option. It's not the only option, but it's a pretty good one. I think it's a lot of gateways for some people way okay. back, way back when. Okay. Right? Like, Alien Boy and the, like, his, like, paranormal investigator, like, kind of deranged stalker, okay. I guess. Stalker. All right, what's next? Um, so after fandom, I think, I think it's... Like, I know you're waiting for Jackass, because this came up in conversation pretty recently, um, but on... I wrote a lot of Jackass fanfiction on... 
like a lot of it. Like there was a couple month period where I was just spitting it out left and right. Okay. <laughs> what was after Jackass? Uh, South Park the second time. Okay. So tell me about South Park the second time. This was the first time in fandom that I made what we talked about. It was like, okay. oh, this boy and that boy, that boy and that boy. Like, I don't know. We are a bunch of high schoolers, really. Everyone's around the same age. Fair. Still friends with some of them on, like, Instagram. Okay, that was South Park the second time. So South Park the first time, I was just kind of like you. Yeah. And then South Park the second time, you had, like, a group of friends. Yeah. That developed. Okay. And that was, what, high school? High school. My sophomore year of high school. Oh, okay. And then what was next? Um, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything significant. We're going to skip, like, a year and a half, and then let's say we ended up at the fandom in which you and I met in. Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening. <laughs> yeah. It's I, weird. Said, I said it out loud, and then I was like, oh, man, it was such a small fandom that, like, anybody, like, it's, you know, they know I'm talking about them if I'm talking about them, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like their heads will pop up wherever they are and be like, someone mentioned S.A. Slash. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about that fandom in specific detail. No, we definitely we, don't. We did a little bit in the last episode, um, but, yeah, we're still friends with a couple of those was, people. Yeah, Broadway, Broadway fandom. Yeah. I think we, we pulled two friends from that that are very genuine friends, and I'm still, like, I, I have some loose, like, social media contact with some of those other people. Um, I describe it as, um, to straight people I'm talking to who ask how you and I've met, I say that we met on a Broadway fan page. Mm. Just very simply. Just a Broadway <laughs> fan page. Um, I don't explain that it was, like, a slash fan fiction community surrounding the events of a Broadway musical. It's a little more complex. I love that, because I consider that there's a hierarchy of um, how, of which story that people know of how you and I met. There's, like, there's three tiers. There's you and I met um, through Friends in New York, which is almost true. There's a version (laughs) that you and I met kind of as um, Broadway fans in sort of a Broadway circle in New York. Um, and then the third one is, is the truth, which is that you and I met in a live journal community and then met in person. Um, and I consider this as like the more you, the closer you are to me and the more we know each other, the more the story changes from, oh, we have like a friend in common and we met like almost by chance in New York to, uh, yeah, we like (laughs) wrote slash fan fiction together and here we are now. Many years later. Well, I think it's interesting that you've kind of had fandoms in all different genres. Um, anime and um, live action and... Uh, like cartoons, weird yeah, random cartoons is a big one for me. Yeah, I just think that's um, that's interesting that you've kind of dabbled in a bunch of different types of fandom. That's my, I mean, it really is, when it comes down to it for me, my connection to something I'm interested in is so heavily reliant on shipping. (laughs) It really, truly is. Like, uh, it's why there's such a great variety in in the types of things I'm interested in. 
it's like, yeah, I'm the kind of person who I like RPF of, like, grungy, stupid things. And, like, I also like a really refined, kind of polished-looking anime. And, like, I like video games. Like, it's the only thing that connects those together. Yeah. And actually, on that point, um, one of the things that makes it hard for me to assimilate into just like fan spaces like Twitter or Tumblr like kind of whatever it is is that I don't and I don't even want to say just Twitter and Tumblr because we had this experience at the gym that we went to and we had this experience with kind of like the circle of friends that we found ourselves in um, here in LA is like I don't necessarily like all the same stuff that you're expected to like like oh if you like this one anime you're going to like these other 30 essential animes. And chances are I'm going to hate all of them. Like, I just don't... It doesn't, like, all resonate with me, you know? It's that, it's that thing where, like... I like Star Wars The Force Awakens a lot. <laughs> um, I don't really have any intimate connections to the prior Star Wars films. They came out when I was really young... I didn't find them interesting then, and I didn't really rewatch them until I was in my adult life. But people expect that of you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like that a lot of times with um, with anime, and it's that, like, imposter syndrome. Like, I go to an anime con, and I'm like, am I really an anime fan? And it's like, yeah, I just have a particular taste. I just can't kind of grab them all. And especially for us in queer culture and wanting to consume queer content, I just have to cherry pick. I'm only going to get like five anime at most in that year and I'm going to go find the gay ones because, you know, I'm just not going to, probably not going to like the straight stuff. <laughs> I just usually don't. <laughs> or I just like to put my spin on the straight stuff. Yeah, if it's, that's fair. I mean, we've tried to do like the nerd space a couple times and it just, it doesn't, um... I mean, it's such a it's such a nice community. Everyone's so friendly and it's so chill. But like when it comes down to it, you sit down together and they're like, they start talking about Star Trek, and I'm like, oh no, you just don't have and, anything. And there's only so many times you could be like, yeah, that's not really the thing I'm into. Before you're really like, you have to turn around and be like, oh well, I like this. I like Stargate. Like, if you want to talk about, like, space TV shows, I like Stargate SG-1. I like Jack and Daniel. Like, I, it, it's such a weird, people are like, oh, you like anime, so you must like Naruto, and you must like Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. No, I don't. I like Kill a Kill. I like all those ladies. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it's really, like, a narrow little thing and it sort of becomes complicated in that sense to relate to other people who are outside of the queer side of fandom because I don't just like these things because they come across as nerdy um although many of those things do sort of fit in that circle or are very adjacent to that circle it doesn't always work I mean it's sort of queer geared space well and and I mean that opens the whole conversation of like um do um, product developers queer bait the slash fandom market. Are they even aware enough to queer bait? And if they are, 
you know, do you think that that's what's happening in the case of these things? And in which case are we... Because, you know, there's all that shit was like um, E3... Was it um, the Last of Us sequel? Mm, yes. And Ellie is a lesbian and was like kissing another girl, and yes. it was cut with really brutal murder footage in between mm-hmm. the kiss. Okay. Beautiful. Um, it was gorgeous. Uh, you know, a lot of people were like mad about it. It was like, why are you angry? Like, you know, they were like, oh, they're queer baiting. It was like so. I buy in. I'll give my money to any company that has, like, queer representation. Even yeah. if they're doing it to be like, hmm, I wonder if this is untapped vein that I can get some cash flow out of. Like, I don't care what their motive is. I'm going to pay for the content. I want it. Yeah, I think um, that thing you just said about them sort of being unaware is sort of a, my stance on it. I mean, I look at things that I've sort of, like, um, spent some time delving into a little bit, like Teen Wolf and Sherlock, and like people give those creators a lot of a lot of shit for being like, oh, you baited us. But I think to people who are outside of the LGBT circle or outside of queer fandom, I think they just saw a couple people that were super interested in this thing and were like, yeah, we'll we'll kind of like play around with it a little <laughs> bit. Like I okay. don't think they they are able to look at the things they've done that have offended people on the whole and say like, oh, this was a bad idea. And I just like wrote Supernatural in as well. I think a lot about um, when House and was really Hannibal. popular. Hannibal's a good example too. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think about when House was popular and the House Wilson ship was really big and I, I loved House Wilson. Um, and the creators or some of the show writers were like, wow, I can't believe what a response we're getting to this. And they'd said in the interview somewhere that, okay, well, if the show gets X amount of seasons, Wilson will become one of House's lovers. And it never happened. They did really say that? They did really say that. How many seasons did it have to be? I don't remember. This is years ago. How long has House been off the air? For so long. House, it didn't last that long. Um, but like, I don't think those... I don't know if those shows sat down and were like, oh, there's a huge, huge group of people that really want this and it's very important to them. Like, I don't think there was ever that moment where they're like, oh, this is really serious and we're not just dicking around with something that, like, some people have mentioned to us. I guess houses, houses, I guess, pre-Twitter, so (laughs) they're not getting as much of that, like, active engagement as, let's say, like, Teen Wolf would get or whatever other shows are doing this. I, I've heard this is true of The 100, though I've never seen The 100. I thought The 100 had some canon LGBT characters, though. It does. I see. It, uh, it's got, I think, a, a WLW ship. I think it's got... I, I think one of them dies. Oh, come on. I, I know. I'm not... I You know what? I can't speak to this. I've, I've seen... Just talking out your ass. I've seen like two episodes of The Hundred. It's I, bad. I yeah, I had a hard time with it. Um, At least the first two episodes are bad because that's as many episodes yeah. as I watched. In fact, I watched the first two episodes and the first one twice oh, because it was so did. funny when we watched it the first time. Um, you watched it with me, my high school best friend. Yeah, yeah me and your best friend um, watched it, and it was so fucking outrageously funny where it was entirely intending not to be funny. Um, and then we tried to show it to you, and it kind of fell flat. I mean, it usually does when you're like, hey, watch this cool video or watch this funny episode. 
And then the other person's like, yeah, hmm. I hear it's good. People say it's good. but I don't know I don't, if that's true. I think you've got to get through a lot of episodes before it becomes good. That's true of most things, but... Which I've never said that about our living room before because it's a very small apartment. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are. I mean, I can tell you from when we did D&D that it was uh, much cooler. Not much, but it was decently cooler in the bedroom than it was out here. Up on the mic, please. Oh, yeah. I'm starting. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I just, like, I tend to, like... Me? Hi, girl. Hi, baby. You want to ask a question again? Plain. Okay. Um, what was the question? Oh. Are you able to have more than one fandom at a time? Or is your interest a hyperfixation in nature such that you begin to obsess over something, fandom ship, whatever, pour all of your time and resources into it, and then when it's done, it's done, and you move on to the next thing? Um, I think I'm a little bit of both. It's a bad answer, I know. But I think there's always one thing that is my favorite, the thing that I obsess about and fucking bananas over. And then there's reaching back a couple things, uh, a few things I'm interested in. I feel like now I'm at a more of a point now than I've ever been where I have um, a pretty shared love between the thing I'm the most interested in right now and then things reaching back like two years, which is more fandoms than you would think. Um, and I think part of this is attributed to finding a fandom, Final Fantasy fifteen, in which I met many people and made many friends and really sort of uh, enveloped myself in that fandom, which has made it sort of sticky. I imagine that'll be a thing that's going to hang oh. with me for uh, the rest of my life. I think so, too. And I'm grateful for that. The things that were stuck around that long, other than, you know, like three phases. So what, so what is, like, typically the lifespan of a fandom for you? Um, it's short. It's, like, three or four months. That is short. It's, it's, uh, it's whatever I need at the moment until I find something else that's exciting to me. Our dog is here. Yep. Those are those tippy taps. Spooky. You know, how do you feel about fandom? Are you able to parse out a couple different, are you able to, like, have a couple different interests at once? Or do you need to have something that you're... Obsessed with short bursts. No, I am absolutely, I'm obsessed with something, and then I'm done with it. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, and, and I, like, I, I never like being that person in a fandom either, where you see people leaving the fandom or jumping onto a different ship or whatever, and you're a little bit like, oh, like, fake fans. You never really loved it. Like, I... I feel that when I'm on the other side of it, but usually I'm the one that's jumping ship pretty quickly onto the next, onto the better. And the longer I spend in one fandom, the more frustrated I am by the stuff I encounter. And so I like to find something new where I get to do all of my like, like, uh, virginal head cannons all over again, you know, and like 
figure out exactly what I think this ship is and where I think they're coming from. And then I formulate my concept and then I bail before it's, I'm there for too long. And I mean, I think I have fandoms that are still important to me and will always be important to me. And I can look back at those those ships very fondly and probably even read stuff and occasionally maybe write. Very hard for me to write if I'm not actively into it. But um, it's never going to be the same. Like, if, okay, so... Um, if we talked about Star Wars, The Force Awakens, right? So I was really, really into Kylux. I was enough into Kylux that I started to learn Star Wars lore because I needed to know, you know, what led to the creation of Kylo Ren. And um, I was like really aware of it and knew it all for like the four months, five months we were... Anyway, that seems strange to me because I managed to pull out a cosplay and usually if a fandom is only two or three months long I haven't finished the costume that I was inspired to make by that fandom. I think we slogged a little bit through the end. We were um, interested in, in Ultron for a brief period of time near the end of um, us finishing the Star Wars costume. So we, we shoved through it but we definitely have that fatigue, and and to um, to be clear, Kylux is Kylo Ren and, and General Hux. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, and so like I started learning all of that Star Wars lore because I felt like I needed to know it, and then I guess two or three months later, when I was no longer interested in that ship, uh, I I don't know in it. I don't know it anymore. You know, so it's like I put all of my energy into processing and learning and headcanoning and writing. And then I use it up. I use up all the gas in the tank. And I got to just, like, move on. I was going to compare it to, like, a one-night stand. (laughs) Okay. But it lasts, like, three months. If you're lucky, it lasts, like, four months. I mean... Yeah, we went into that Star Wars thing. Like, yeah, let's experiment with this. This is something that most people in the, like, nerd universe like. This would sort of right. connect us to other people. Finally, finally I could get in on one of those common geek, um, you know, fandoms because finally I had a queer... It was the queer movie, finally. I mean, like, obviously Luke and Han, I think, is a treasure, and um, I did read some like Luke and Han fic after I got into Kylo and Hux because I was like, all right, I'm here in the Star Wars universe, like let's do this. But I mean, The Force Awakens was just so spectacularly gay in a way that none of the other movies had been. Um, and I know that's like I guess a little over the top because it's not very gay. We didn't get very much out of those those two episodes, but. We're holding out. We're just holding out, so. I mean, there was some um, delicious yet short-lived uh, Finn and Poe storm pilot in uh, the first movie. <laughs> not so much in the second movie. Yeah. Because that's not, the LGBT representation is not important to any sort of uh, movie or TV studio, and it's foolish to think that it would be, I think. Maybe that's just me keeping my uh, hopes very low. Yeah, I mean, that... That was the thing for me. I was really into Star Wars for like two or three months, and then I didn't. Then I wasn't. And while we're on the subject, 
I really feel like it would have been a healthier, a better experience to go from the Voltron fandom to the Star Wars fandom than from, like, Kylux fandom into Voltron fandom. You know, I just, like, Kylux is like, anything goes. It's a horrible, dark, gruesome, brutal ship. Anything goes. And I wasn't met with the same sort of um, mental flexibility, moral flexibility when I reached the Voltron fandom, so that didn't last for too long. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to me, like, I like, I have a couple different ship aesthetics. Like, Like, let's say there's three that I fluctuate between and all sort of feed into each other. Um, there's, um, kind of dorky guy and, like, well-put-together guy, which I mentioned earlier in the Dice Gang Head from Digimon. I think that suits, uh, Kylo and Hux, like, to a T. Dorky guy and, um, put-together guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One's, like, a mess of a man and the other one's, like, they've got their shit together. I want to talk about this, too. I want to talk about this, too, on the show, which is, like, what your ship archetypes are. Okay. Like, what your, like, blank mold. Like, if you go into a show and you find this one and this one, like, you know that they're gonna... Because when you and I um, started playing Final Fantasy fifteen, it took you, like, 45 minutes to yep. tell me who you shipped. And I was like, okay, like, I guess this is who we're shipping now. And, like, thank God you and I are always on the same page. And I ended up agreeing with you anyway. But you just came... You just knew. You just <laughs> looked at them and you knew. And on the other side of it, it's like, it seems very obvious that those are the two that you would choose because of what I know about you and what you like in characters and what you like in a story. But um, you just knew so quickly. It was just kind of a surprise for me. Yeah, it, it took me no time. I, I know my characters. I get them pinned very quickly. And, and it's, it's uncommon, I would say, that like a media product has such a large character arc in which a character is so dynamic that they change, that I'm, I would be wrong with my first instinct. Like, if you're talking about a TV show, like, let's say three or four episodes in, I've got a pretty good sense of what I'm looking for, and it's, most shows don't deliver on that sort of, like, dynamic character change, that I, that, that, my opinion would be different. Right. 20 episodes in. That's not saying it can never happen, but it hasn't happened so far. So dorky guy and put together guy is one of your, one of them. Can you like name another? Another ship? No, like another, like, yeah, like another ship archetype. I don't know, were we talking about something before? I can't remember what we're talking about. I'm just going to ask you questions. And now I want to know about your fucking ship archetype. (laughs) Um... I love uh, a big brother, little brother relationship. That doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're related to each other um, in any way. So like a mentor-student yeah. relationship? Or... Yeah, I, I feel like a mentor is a little um, formal. You want, I, you want them to mean, be very close to each other. Yeah, that doesn't mean they can't be a mentor and a student, but I think the thing that the thing that's the most common denominator, the thing that strings them together the most, this type of archetype, is the, like, big brother, little brother. And I'm looking now at your giant Final Fantasy XV um, uh, desktop, and I'm just looking at my my best boys, Gladio and Noctis, and that's that's them to a T. Yeah, they're, not they're definitely... To each other. No, but they but, grew up together. Yeah. And um, there's a... 
I mean, I could just, this can't turn into like the Glad Knocked podcast because no. I could talk about them for hours. Um, no, definitely the big brother, little brother thing. I mean, the, the like mentorship is something that's appealed to me about that ship right away was mm-hmm. that one of them taught the other how to fight. Like, I'm there for it. I, I'm here. I love it. I love that kind of shit. Um, and uh, they're not related, but they have a, the Gladio's sworn an oath, which means he has to, it's kind of like a brotherly bond in the sense that you can't divorce yourself of that person no matter what. You'll have sworn that oath or no matter what you're related to them in, in that yeah. in that royal context. Gladio's only three years older than him, but they've been sort of raised together in many senses that they're not biologically related. Um, and Gladio's supposed to be stronger and smarter and, and um, faster thinking on his feet. And he's supposed to teach Noctis those things. Our neighbor's stomping around upstairs. Um, We're running out of time, but before we go on the topic of, like, ship archetypes, you named a couple that um, align with you. Is there anything that you'll always reject? And I'm not, like, trying to open the, like, can of worms, but you and I are from an era on the internet where you you could have a no TP and it was no big deal. Um... Is there like a, a ship archetype that you know is probably going to grab attention that you know you're not interested in? Yeah, um, I'm not a best friend shipper. Um, it doesn't mean that there haven't been ships I've, I've enjoyed in the past that have been like two characters that are best friends. Uh, it just doesn't. It just doesn't excite me. Um, are there exceptions to that rule? I'm sure there have been, but I'm I'm digging back to. What about like jackass? Those are best friends, right? I love uh, Steve-O and uh, Chris yeah, so Yeah, so much. they're best friends. I, I almost regret now, um, and now that so many years in their, their, um, their real realities have passed, that I wasn't like a Bam and Ryan shipper. Um, but they fell into that, like, oh, they're best friends, so I don't want to touch it. But now I'm like, ooh, I kind of well, what about, wish um, I was into that. <laughs> Larry Stylinson. Oh, I, I love Louis Tomlinson and Harry Styles. Don't you think they were best friends? Yeah, I think at some point. The at some point before, before the... Before something bad that, that's a whole That's um, a whole discussion about RPF is uh, yeah. what it actually does in, in um, inject itself into the real life of, you know, very, very famous people. I mean, you and I got into um, One Direction, that fandom late. We got in very much as observers... Yeah, because the band had already broken up. Yeah, it was me sort of being like, hey, like I'm, I want to know like what this history is, and then sharing what I learned with you, and then you and I being like, Let, like let's delve into this. Like, right, let's one, night, one night of deep Tumblr dives. Yeah. And I used to watch like um, at my dad's house, like in the garage, getting super high, watching that TV, <laughs> that um, computer screen in the garage. I would just watch like YouTube, like tin hat videos mm-hmm. that were just like edited, like, and then this tweet at this time, and then this Instagram post was made, and there was two spaces before the punctuation. And whenever there's two spaces before the punctuation, it means it was actually written by one of the boys and not by the PR team. 
And it just, I mean, it was just batshit wild conspiracy theory crazy. And it was so much fucking fun to be a part of. I mean, and I don't even want to say we were a part of it. We had no interaction with anybody inside of the fandom. We just just read fic, watched videos, and um, listened to a lot of One Direction for a period of like, I don't know, three months? Um, That was actually about six months. We actually lasted a long time in it because there was a lot for us to learn. We weren't making friends in it, and it felt, uh, I would say, academic is the word. (laughs) For you and I as people who've been lifelong shippers and who this this has been like a hobby between us, um, I felt like this was a very sort of like academic um, fandom for us. Not that we didn't like genuinely enjoy it very, very much, but um, I think really the overall takeaway was that this was us looking into something that was huge and I would say maybe one of the only instances in which fandom has heavily affected sort of or queer fandom has heavily affected sort of what happens in the actual world thing yeah in the actual um Product. Well, we're seeing more of that now, you know, to, to throw back to Voltron and some of the stuff that has mm. um, trickled down from that shit volcano. I mean, I don't know. Like, the, the thing being that um, content creator, not um, uh, showrunners are speaking out about these things, and people who are a part of the show are engaging in the conversation is just batshit crazy to me and uh, in the case of One Direction there was a lot of um, they weren't directly communicating with the fans on the the topics of what was kind of going on there was just this like steady and noticeable shift that um, these two boys in the band that everybody shipped weren't allowed to stand next to each other and weren't allowed to touch each other and like weren't allowed to interact in front of the cameras and it was noticeable it was noticeable after a particular date and I think that's really fascinating that they were like okay we want to stop attracting that um, but it didn't work and for I mean I just don't think you can stop something like One Direction with that massive massive size of of fan base when it's just a completely overwhelming just millions billions of fans I don't I don't know I mean at a certain point you're going to attract all sorts of weird and complicated attention and I think it's unfair to say that it was the queer fans of One Direction that you know ruined anything in in amongst the band but there, there definitely was perceivable changes yeah I think part of it is um, the world of clickbait and, like, Mm. desperate media news um, had picked up on an internet-based fan reaction and thought, how do we play into this? And I think there, I mean, genuinely, that was, like, one of my big takeaways from our time sort of investigating that fandom is that the your BuzzFeeds and all those websites that are trying to do sort of that same thing as BuzzFeed saw people on the internet freaking out about these two people and were like, how do we capture this fan base's attention just for a moment, just for a hot, hot moment? Uh, These fan theories weren't unfoundedly wrong. Like, it's not like you're looking at two people who don't interact with each other and are saying, oh, they're cute. Like, 
you're looking at two people in the band who were like really good friends publicly in the beginning of the band. I mean, I still get like um, news in like the news app on my phone, like the occasional article about like is Louis Tomlinson's baby real? <laughs> like it has me so targeted down to that, like the crazy shit. Like I want the wild conspiracy theories. I want to see people like, you know, go wild for this shit. And my phone it. is still like, is this photo Photoshop? Is this photo of <laughs> Louis and this girl holding hands? <laughs> Larry Stylinson. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, when we got into it, that was right at the point in which Louis had his baby, and that was, there was a lot of, like, is this a doll? Is this baby a doll? It was and, so good. I mean, that's a, like, that's, like, a serious ethical question of, of how, like, entire, like, massive group of people so wants a baby to not be real that they are convinced it's a doll. And I, yeah. I mean... I I looked at that stuff and I read it and like at the time was sort of trying to formulate an opinion but like from a distance it just seems so wacky. I don't know and I don't think I care. I don't know. No, care I at all. definitely don't care. At the time where like you know the baby was new and there was the occasional It like, was so picture. much it was so fast. It was so much fun. There was always was like a new and like that's the unfortunate thing is like it wasn't like the content we were be, being provided was not like new live unplugged sessions it was like somebody tweeted a picture of the baby everybody thinks isn't real and now there's six thousand people uh, actively trying to find like a serial code for like a baby doll that looks the exact same as this one in this like grainy photo just really like a lot of effort but I had so much fun. I had so much fun doing One Direction with you. Do you remember we went to Dragon Con and we met those two ladies that were in there like mid 40s just like decked out in Larry Stylins and swag I loved it I I immediately talked to them they walked past us and I was like hey 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 tell me like tell me about your thing like tell me about they had tattoos they did they had matching uh Louis and Harry tattoos and I I loved it yeah because if you and I are still going to cons and we're in our mid 40s like dressed head to toe in our problematic ships Oh, like, I just can't think of a better life. Mm -hmm. I just saw them and just was just so inspired by them. Yeah, I felt like I almost saw us in, like, 20-something years. Made me smile. All right, well, we've hit an hour, and I'll edit a little bit, and it'll probably be somewhere between 45 and an hour. So we can leave it at that. Um, It's a little earlier than it was last time we recorded, so this time we can actually go play video games. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Fandom. You can email us at queerfandom at gmail.com.